Welcome to the Commercial Matters Podcast. Your show host is Amit Kapoor, owner of Mindful Contract Solutions. Nothing in this podcast is intended to be legal advice. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Commercial Matters Podcast. In the last few seasons, we have been focusing on commercial management as a discipline. And over the next two or three episodes, I thought I should change the direction a little bit. So we will now be focusing on tenders. So one of the things that I have always felt is as a procurement professional, I have kind of privileged access to a lot of proposals from suppliers on significant value deals. And often what we are legally obliged as procurement professionals to basically feed back to the suppliers is fairly limited. So for suppliers who don't win, we basically tell them just enough to explain why they lost and how is it that the winner was far better than them. And that is if we are being generous. But overall, in my view, as a community, we are very reticent to be completely transparent and open about our thought processes around why a particular supplier lost in the tender process. Now, one of the problems with that kind of reticence across the community is that supply proposals haven't really evolved. The kind of issues I used to see, you know, 10 years back when I was doing a similar role are pretty much the same as the problems now. So we still get that kind of very bullish supplier who thinks the work can be done in half the time for half the cost. And we still get risk averse suppliers who think nothing can be done for the price on budget. There are other suppliers who will often, you know, flood their proposal with words often exceeding the word count or trying to put images that basically say a lot of text in them. So what I thought I'd do today is look at common traits of the bids that lose. I hope this is helpful to the supplier community in that they can probably identify some patterns here and then improve your internal pre-sales processes. And if you're a program manager who's our typical audience listening to this podcast, I hope you draw some comfort from the fact that others also see the problems that you do. So you may recognize some of these problems in the bids that you review and evaluate. So I'm going to be talking about five traits now that um, are common to bids that lose. The first trait is proposals that lose are typically long in that they often always are near or just exceed the word limit for every question on which a response has been sought by the customer. Now, why does this happen? This usually happens because the supplier, in my opinion, doesn't really have enough content to deal with the part of the question being asked. So instead, they complement the answer with a lot of words around a peripheral matter. And I think I know where this behavior comes from. It's something we've probably all done at school when there was a question that required a, you know, three paragraph answer and we knew very little about the question and we ended up talking a lot around the question skirting around the real issue in the hope that if the answer is long enough we will get some marks because the invigilator couldn't care. The real problem with that approach was you were sometimes successful in that you did achieve a high mark in the exam where you did that and you just thought that's a great strategy for life. Unfortunately in A procurement evaluation, the first difference is that you're not being evaluated by someone who is marking, you know, tens of hundreds of 
exam papers. They're probably only reviewing five to seven, and they're probably not going to be in a procurement evaluation exercise for a very long time after that. So usually when evaluators are looking, reviewing proposals and marking them up, it ends up being a one-off exercise over you know, a one to two year period. So the level of enthusiasm and scrutiny that an evaluator can provide is quite high compared to an exam invigilator. So to sum it up, I would actually go as far as to say if it's too long, it's probably not on point. So if a question has touched the limits of what is allowable length of a response, I would look at it very, very deeply to see if it actually captures the essence of what we are looking for. The second common problem we see in bids that lose is suppliers tend to overplay their role and achievements in a particular program, especially when case studies are provided. Now, this is again a very common trait. You know, we a lot of people tend to do something similar when they make their own personal CVs. But the problem with doing it in a procurement evaluation is quite often you will be evaluated by people who have had some exposure or connection with similar programs that have been attempted by other organizations. So there's a very good chance that a program you're talking about where you had a presence in is something that an evaluator may have personal experience of. Now, even if you survive the, the paper evaluation stage wherein you just marked for the responses and as you know, the evaluator is not, not allowed to influence each other. So if one evaluator has had personal experience of a particular program you're, you are over talking about, then they're not really ob obliged or required to share that with other evaluators as all the evaluations have to be done independently. The problem is that when you get to the referencing stage where the client, the prospective client may be speaking to your previous clients, this overplaying can come out. Also, when you are required to attend a supplier presentation stage, there will be questions that seek to draw out what you actually did on the program as against what you claimed to have done based on your response. And any late figuring out of, you know, you having overplayed your role in the program really affects your credibility and the trust that, is, that a buyer can have in appointing you. So that was Trait number two of overplaying your role in achievements in tenders. The third trait in bits that lose is the language in those proposals or tenders tends to or response to tenders tends to be very technical and supplier centered, but not very client centered. So let me give you an example of language that is technical and not client centered. So when you're being supplier centered, you may be saying something like this. We had a target of providing a test coverage of 95% for all test cases that we devised, but we exceeded that and achieved 100% test coverage within the same time envelope. Now that's all good, but that's very supply-centered. You've talked about what you have done, but you haven't talked about what that actually helped achieve in the client's organization. So one way of transforming that language would be to say, you achieved a test coverage of 100% exceeding your target by 5%, thereby allowing the client to do away with one cycle of UAT or user acceptance testing and hit the same time scales and assurances that it had previously provided its business stakeholders. 
So effectively what you have done in that one line or two lines is you have demonstrated to the client not just what you can do in terms of technical achievements but also the confidence that you will be able to select a tool of escalating your test coverage as a way to helping your client meet its obligations or assurances to its business stakeholders. Now, why is this important? This is basically important because the customer is actually looking to assess if you as a supplier will understand them and their problems. So if you can demonstrate that in the written form, it makes it very likely that they will want to trust you. And without saying something like this, there is actually very little chance of you exceeding their expectations and therefore the scores that you receive will often be that you meet the criteria, never be that you exceed the criteria. So always try and think about what is it that you have done and how has that improved your client's situation. So that was trait number three in that bids that lose often will have language that is highly technical or supplier centered. The fourth trait of bids that lose is there's often a lack of consistency and coherence when the bid has been reviewed as a whole and marked up as a whole by the assessors. So there will be instances where something is being said in response to question three that is at odds or cross purposes to the supplier's response to question seven. And the reason why this happens is it's quite likely that there have been different people working on different questions when drafting a response to the tender. And there has been very little time left towards the end for a full review of all responses before presented to the client. And even if that review happens, it probably will not match the level of scrutiny that an assessor will be giving to the bid. So it's a bit of a problem really, isn't it? What you can't allow to happen is that you can't have the client be the first person to scrutinize the bid as a whole. You really have to have done it internally. And I appreciate sometimes it's very difficult to, for someone who's been deeply involved in the development of a bid to then stand back and look at the bid as a whole with objectivity and question everything that's in it. It's very difficult to assume that role. Therefore, I think if you can invest in some kind of a bid validation service where an independent, let's say a procurement professional wants to scrutinize your bid before you submit it to your client and you know, basically plays devil's advocate and questions everything you've done inside it, I think that's worth its weight in gold to get that kind of feedback before your bid is presented to the client. So that was point number four, where there's a lack of consistency and coherence in bids that lose. The final trait of bids that lose that I want to draw your attention to is often suppliers will not give the client, a prospective client, enough assurance that the people who are sat on the table discussing the proposal with the client, um, and this is people on the supplier side, that these people will have an ongoing role in the program once the supplier wins. So there are many different indicators that customers have about suppliers just providing their best people in the sales process, but then not following that through with providing equally capable people during delivery. And one of the indicators is when the case studies are very dated. 
So you talk about a program that's happened six years before. Now, a customer will usually not get enough confidence that you possibly retain the people who delivered that magic program or that you have retained the knowledge that can be applied to other individuals in your organization and they've just carried the flag forward because if they had carried that flag forward, you probably would have a more recent case study to demonstrate. The second problem will be where a lot of senior people face off to the customer in the sales process and it's quite evident from their responsibilities or the breadth of things that they do for the organization which is that they can't really be dedicated to a particular customer beyond the point of sale of course. So it's always a good idea to demonstrate very clearly and upfront is that if the client gives the impression that it's really liking what it's hearing from a few of your personnel during the pre-sales process, you try and give the client assurance around the ongoing role of those people. So that was trait number five in that there's not enough assurance of the ongoing role of the best people involved in the sales process on the supplier's side. So that's all from me this week. Next week, I hope to release another episode talking about common traits of bids that win. I hope you will have interest in following that. And the best way to know when we next release a podcast episode is to subscribe to our channel and you will be notified on the device of your choice. I think we are on iTunes and on Spotify. And finally, folks, if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review. Also, if you have any suggestions or requests for further content that you would like to hear from me, please feel free to drop me an email at amit at mindfulcontract.co.uk. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you and speak to you next week. Bye-bye. That's this week's episode of the Commercial Matters Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.